All right. Uh, hello. Surprise. I'm in Ireland, but I'm still recording. Um, we are here today. Hmm. How should I say this? <laughs> um, so clearly a lot's been going on in the U.S. with regards to trans politics. So I'm here abroad in Ireland. And we're going to talk about what's different in Ireland, what's the same, where things are going. Um, I'm sure Aubrey will put in some fun theme music at this point, so it'll be fine. Sky. I use they or she pronouns. And I'm Kit. You know me. They them. Um, and this is a surprise guest episode. Wee. All right. What the heck is going on in Ireland? Like, just what's life like for an everyday trans person? Okay. Um, in Ireland, we have one of the best. Like, in terms of legislation, we have, like, one of the top legislations in the world for mm-hmm. trans people. So, on a, on a political and legal stance, um, life for binary trans people is pretty good. Um, pretty slow. Yeah. Socially, in Dublin, I live in Dublin, um, it's pretty great, to be honest, um, but... In the West, it's kind of like, the West is a lot less um, socially liberal, socially liberal. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, they're, they're moving forward, but like a lot slower than Dublin lives, because mm-hmm. like there's a sixth of the population of Ireland in Dublin, so like there's a lot more room for social growth. And protest, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So life um, is kind of a little bit all over the place for trans people, depending on where you are in Ireland, really. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. It's getting better. What exactly does the Gender Recognition Act, which is, I guess is the piece of legislation you're talking about, Yeah. what does that do? Okay, in 2015, before 2015, we had, like, no, no act for transgender people. Mm-hmm. And then there was, like, a really big rush for it, um, mm-hmm. and they were going to implement a gender... Gender Recognition Act that was like akin to Britain's Gender Recognition Act, mm-hmm. um, which is like ten years in the past, and mm-hmm. it's just really outdated, and not very good. Um, so we protested, and we were like, "It's not good enough," um, and we got this, what we have now, one of the best legislations in the world. Um, it means that we can self-declare, nice, um, which means that we can basically write to the government and be like, "This is my gender." And then it'll change. Um, unfortunately, it's only for binary people at the moment and people who are over the age of 16. Yeah. But even if you are over 16, um, you're still under 18, so you still need consent from your parents, from for a doctor years. and all of those stuff, oh. those years. Um, and like that can take a really long time anyway. So some people are just like, might as well just wait till I'm 18. Yeah. So it includes really only binary trans people. It hasn't been useful for non-binary people to have like their birth cert changed so that it more reflects what their presentation is if it tends to lean one way or another yeah i think some non-binary people are are changing their gender mm-hmm. for now to something that is more representative of them than mm-hmm. their the gender they were assigned at birth mm-hmm. but we're we're still fighting for like we don't know exactly what way we want to go about it like we don't know if we mm-hmm. want an x marker we want to remove markers mm-hmm. um all that stuff um, for passports and stuff, um, and we don't know how to represent the non-binary identity in law, because it's not really done. Yeah. Um, but we're pushing for it, and we're having um, like non-binary forums, and there is a trans forum, trans youth forum. Mm-hmm. So I should have said in the bill there is a clause that says after we, after two years we have to review it. Um, that's 
a commitment from any government that's in power at the time. It can't be written out. Um, so this year, mm-hmm. there's a review. Yeah, because it's 2017. Yeah. Um, so we've been doing forums, and we've been getting feedback from the community about how they feel about the bill, what needs to be improved. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully when we present that to the government, we'll be able to get non-binary representation, or better representation, for and or better representation for people um, who are over the age of 16 and possibly younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like for it to be younger. Yeah, I think it matters that you know people who are 16 or 15 should be able to make that kind of decision yeah. about themselves. Even if I mean, like, kids are making it. Yeah, they're making the decisions anyway, and not having the government backing them and the country backing them is kind of just making it's just an othering thing, and it's just, yeah. it doesn't help. It's hard to with, create that kind of social change. Yeah, so exactly. We need to have parents be more accepting. Yeah, exactly. Um, when your country isn't backing you, it kind of gives the people who don't um, want to back you a leg to stand on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As a citizen yeah, of the United yeah. States, yeah. <laughs> boy, do I understand. <laughs> um, actually, there was just a court case in the U.S. that I saw the other day. Somebody won in, I think, Oregon, mm-hmm. the, um, essentially the right to use an X as their gender marker or something. I think oh, something like cool. that. Oh, cool. I didn't like, hear about that. The headline was like, something, something wins the right to be genderless. Um, oh. So like, it wasn't a very informative headline. Okay. But I think basically the person won a court case to like legally recognize the non-binary identity. That's really cool. Yeah. I didn't hear, I'll have to check that out. And of course it was in Oregon, which is like, a supremely liberal state, yeah. largely because yeah. of Portland, but it's kind of positive, at least in the time of our fave, yeah. Donald yeah. Trump. He's the guy. Oh. Love him. Oh, we've, we've just like <laughs> sobbed on this podcast about him. The first time capsule episode we did was for the inauguration and like oh. where things kind of stood um, with respect to LGBT, and the whole issue was. He's so non-committal on his stance. It's it's difficult. I remember I was watching the, uh, not the inauguration, the announcement of the the president, who the president was going to be, who won. When they called the election? Yeah. uh, I was was in bed at like, it was like... What was that, like 5 a.m., 6 a.m.? Yeah, 6 a.m. Because it was 2 a.m. our time. I'd stayed up all night watching, I think I was watching CNN. Yeah. Um... But I stayed up all night watching it, and I was like just periodically crying throughout the night because like it was like such a he was winning by a landslide, and I was like everything's bad. It's just it's like yeah. Everybody remembers where they were like in my mom's generation when they heard Kennedy had died. Like, yeah. You're not gonna forget where you are when you realize that your country has just gone to hell in a handbasket. Even in Ireland. Yeah. Like, Ireland was really into the um, the election. Like, we got really into it. Yeah. Because we're, we're kind of... Ireland, they're trying to be kind of uh, pioneers in social change and stuff, and social progress. I um, mean, you legalized gay marriage by popular vote. That's yeah. not something the U.S. ever really would yeah, have been able to do. exactly. So, like, we were... A lot of Irish people were, like, just dumbfounded. Like, we're just... Like, we were really invested in it, and we were, like... Yeah. Like, probably a lot more invested in it than a lot of American citizens, to be honest. Honestly, I think we um, just got exhausted by yeah. that. Because the campaign goes for, like, over a year. Yeah. Like, I think that's maybe why we managed to stay in it, <laughs> like, for longer. Because yeah, we didn't she, have to directly deal with it. She announced her bid for presidency the spring of my first year. Wow. I'm a junior. It's been, like, there was a whole year of her campaigning my sophomore year and it's like this is ridiculous. I mean Donald Trump has already started campaigning for the next yeah, term. Yeah, he filed his tax paperwork <laughs> for 2020 which means that he can start accepting campaign donations. Yeah. Um, which is terrifying mm-hmm. because it means he's basically got a two year head start. So motherfucker needs to get impeached is what needs to happen. I don't know how I feel about impeachment. If he gets impeached then Somebody else is going to get into power who might be just a shit. The thing about Pence, though, 
And I think if he gets impeached, Pence goes with him, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, I don't think so. I don't if the think vice so. president, like, I think the vice of, president takes over, the president just it's the line of succession. But I think that was only really developed because of people trying to shoot at presidents. So I don't yeah. know if it ma- if it happens in the impeachment process. Mm-hmm. Due to the well-nigh omniscient powers of the internet, our editor is able to go in and clarify this debate. According to Quora.com, the place you turn for all very serious questions which require very well-researched answers. In the case of the president being impeached, the next person in the line of succession will become president. This is almost always the vice president. Well, except for the one time when it actually happened, when instead they both just resigned. But whatever, Kit will cover that in a minute. But um, the last time we had a president who impeached, who was impeached and then resigned, because, or no, Nixon wasn't impeached, Nixon resigned, resigned. but he was nearly impeached, and when he resigned, Spiro Agnew, his vice president, had also resigned, which is how Gerald Ford became the president, Mm -hmm. even though he was never elected to president or VP, and nobody's ever been successfully impeached, so, but it'll be interesting, so... You have the Gender Recognition Act, which allows you to legally change your gender marker. Mm-hmm. What, if any, has that act had on social acceptance and social change? Because I think there's definitely a lot more visibility here in a way that there's there isn't. There's so sense. much visibility for trans people in Ireland. Um, when the marriage equality campaigns were happening, mm-hmm. um, LGBT issues got like pushed way into the spotlight. Yeah. Um, kind of just the LGBT, though. Like, nothing beyond that, unfortunately. LGBT or LGB? No, LGBT. Okay. Because the Gender Recognition Act was happening at the same time. At the okay. same time. Okay. And the, the marriage equality referendum was kind of, like, helping that move along. Yeah, because um, essentially it would gauge public opinion yeah, exactly. on liberal issues. So, like, visibility is really good how uh, we have... There's always me- new media stuff happening mm-hmm. for about trans people. Um, There's the art salon that's happening in April in Dublin. Yes. Have you heard about that's that? A, yeah, it's the second year that's happening. Yeah. Um, and there's uh, like trans training uh, mm-hmm. and trans camp. And there's pink training. Yeah, exactly. There's there's lots of stuff going on. What is pink training for the people who have no idea what that is? Okay. Do you uh, know what pink training is? Yeah, I do. Okay. Pink training is for um, people who are in university. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a, a, It's not exactly training. Okay, what happens? It's not. No, it's not. What happens? What, <laughs> what happens is that lots of transes get together for the weekend. <laughs> All the um, trans. Yeah. Is it just trans or just or like LGBT in general? I think, I think it's trans and allies or something like that. Okay. It might be LGBT. I'm not sure, to be honest. Okay. Um, no, it isn't just trans. It is. I think, I think it's LGBT it's in general. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I know somebody was like, I was the only ally at pink yeah. training. It was like, mm, this is, this is weird because there are people who went under the guise of being allies yeah. who like, okay. didn't want to be out. But like, yeah. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> Yikes. I have another story about that for a minute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's. So, yeah, pink training is for like all the LGBT people who are in university can apply for it. Um, if they're in one of the colleges that are in the SU. Mm-hmm. Um, SU is student union? Yeah. Okay. Um, so there's like some colleges that like left the general SU mm-hmm. in Ireland for like, I don't know, because they're stupid. Um, <laughs> but like when the, the general SU is like Trinity, University College Dublin. Yeah. Most, most, most of the big colleges. Yeah. Most of the big universities are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's only a few that aren't, but um, yeah, they go for a weekend somewhere in Ireland. Uh, they do workshops for two days, um, or at least they're supposed to do workshops for two days. What they actually do is just hang out and get drunk, and kind of like yeah, just blow off some steam. <laughs> it's basically the idea of it, to be honest. Um, but also to raise awareness for like the workshops are there and like people do attend them. Yeah. Um, I've heard it's a good time. Yeah, I do. I haven't been because I'm not in university. 
but like I'm living for it to be honest yeah I'm living for it (laughs) I can't wait I just hear about I like because I wasn't here in the fall so I just Mm -hmm. heard about all of the um things that happened afterward Um, there's a lot of drama after there's always a lot of drama there's a lot that's there's always a lot of drama in the trans community in Ireland I don't know what it's like in the U.S. Trans community. The trans community just isn't unified enough for their yeah. drama. Well, that's one thing actually. The trans community in Ireland are really unified. Yeah, you guys have like a Facebook group and shit. Like we do not have that. There's. Yeah. I think we're different. Yeah, like you're. The U.S. is big. <laughs> so big, and this is I think one of the huge problems is like, you kind of got three zones. You've got the West Coast, mm-hmm. the East Coast, and the middle. Um. But it's very hard for, you know, people to really organize because you have to have the ability to travel and that usually means driving. Yeah. Like, you can get, like, from one end of Ireland to the other in, like, five hours. Yeah. On the train. I can't even get to school in five hours. Yeah. So, like, like that's that's one thing we don't need to deal with. So, like, if we want to do something, we can kind of just, like, organize it and then do it immediately. Yeah. Um, Like, we don't need to think about for the most part, as much as you would travel and where we're going to meet and what we're going to do. Subsidizing travel. Yeah, exactly. And, all that stuff. Um, and even, like, we do subsidize travel, like, some of the, like, I'm on the Irish Trans Student Alliance mm-hmm. Committee, and, like, if people can't afford to travel, yeah, we subsidize it, but it's not expensive because it's only, like, five yeah. hours. And, like, traveling in Ireland is pretty expensive, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it's 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 affordable. Yeah. Um, and we don't need to spend a lot of money to subsidize travel yeah. costs. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things I've really found about Europe is like because so many of the cities were constructed before there were cars, and so many of the like center cities yeah. still just don't have the capability to deal with a lot of traffic. Yeah. The public transportation systems are so much better. Yeah. The, the, Public, like, people complain about public transport in Ireland, okay? But it's so good. 15 minutes for yeah. the subway on the red line. It's not happening. It's so good. Like, they don't realize how good it is. Yeah, like, no. When people, like, complain about the public transport in Dublin, I'm like, this is one of the best public transports in the world. You have consistent buses, <laughs> like... Like, they might be, like, 20 minutes late every now and then, but, like... Generally it's coming. Speaking. Like it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like you're getting where you're going. There was a there was an exchange student at my school last year who was from Paris. Um, and so the metro in Paris at like peak times will run basically every minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but like on off hours, it runs maybe every eight minutes towards the end of the evening. Um, and she was like, "This is ridiculous." Like when I got to Boston, she was like, "I suddenly appreciated the Paris metro so much more." <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, I don't know. I, I haven't been on public transport in other countries. But I, I just know that it's like, it's one of the, yeah, it's shit. It's shit. And ours is so good. I just get really salty when people complain about it. Yeah, no, like the fact, honestly, the fact that you can take a bus to North Ireland in two hours. Yeah, exactly. Is incredible. Like, if I wanted to take a bus to go to school, it would be an eight hour bus trip. Yeah. Which just isn't reasonable for, like, a weekend jaunt. Yeah, exactly. And, like, okay, public transport is great, and we're improving it. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's getting better still, and people are still complaining. It's like Because <laughs> you can never satisfy everyone. Yeah, I know, yeah. It's like, they're so obsessed with the relativity, it's really annoying. <laughs> it's, it's upsetting, like, to come in. And, and see that irritation and be like, yeah, but you guys have a functioning public transport yeah. <laughs> system. Like, America was built for driving and none of the millennials can yeah. afford a car. Oh, my story about the ally. So, oh, yeah, what's that? I was at this thing, and I won't say what it was, because, like, I don't yeah. want to out the person or whatever. Yeah. So I was at this thing, and it was like a... It was, there was three legs to it in three different countries. So mm-hmm. Ireland... Um, Latvia and Finland mm-hmm. and I joined in the Dublin one which was in the middle mm-hmm. um, and not Dublin Wicklow um, which is right beside Dublin mm-hmm. so I joined on that leg um, mm-hmm. so that was great and then and that was the same participants who were um, who were at Latvia 
Mm-hmm. Um, and my friend and I got to join because two Dublin participants, two Irish participants dropped out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to join. Um, so that was great. And then on the last leg, they were like, it's like, a, it's a European project. Mm-hmm. Um, on the last leg, they were like, we're going to invite so many countries to this. And they just invited lots of different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like an LGBT um, study visit, basically, is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, about learning LG- about LGBT activism and um, mm-hmm. utilizing European tools to further your activism. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but on the last leg... So everybody was there, everybody there was LGBT in some form, mm-hmm. um, and then on the last leg we were in Finland and, and like we went around the circle and we were like, why are we here? Mm-hmm. And then it got to this guy, and he was like, oh, I'm not LGBT, I'm just here to learn about it, and we were all so uncomfortable. He like didn't didn't participate in anything. He just kind of watched. That's fair. Yeah. But, like, also really uncomfortable because you're expecting to be in this space that's exclusively LGBT. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was, like, a fuck-up with them or something. They didn't ask on the... I think... Because, obviously, you can't discriminate on basis of sexuality. Yeah. So they can't ask, what is your sexuality? Yeah. Um, Or, are you LGBT? Yeah. But it was heavily implied. Yeah. No. I think it... Like... Maybe it was an English thing, and his English wasn't very good. That's possible. He was just like, oh, this is this looks cool, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were all very... Um, uncomfortable in that uncomfortable. moment. Which is a nice segue into safe spaces for trans people in Ireland. Yes, tell me about <laughs> So, actually, there are like a, a good few, like, compared to other countries. There, we've got a lot of safe spaces for trans people in Ireland. Um, so how, that, do you, how would you consider it a safe space? I guess, like, what's okay. definition? Um, so like, is accents considered a safe space? By safe space, I mean, like, a, like a trans-specific group. Okay. Where um, you go and you're confident that what's said in the group doesn't leave the group. Okay. Um, but yeah, we do have, like, hole, holes in the wall that, yeah. like, everybody knows about. All, all, like, all the queer people know about, and they go to, and they know if they go there they're safe yeah. to be as queer as they want. Yeah. Um, Accents, for the record, is a um, coffee shop in Dublin. And it was established as a super queer space, and I love it yeah. so much. I finally tried the hot chocolate. Oh it my was god. divine. It's the best hot chocolate. Oh my god. Possibly in Ireland. Wrong. It's so good. Oh my god. <laughs> All queers need hot chocolate. It's, it's like a fact of life. <laughs> They even make it vegan, so like... How could it not be? Exactly. Um, So yeah, we've got like a lot of safe spaces uh, for queer people in general. Um, But for trans people, we have like... uh, Most of the safe spaces are like Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a trans mask specific one. Mm -hmm. We have trans femme specific one. Mm -hmm. We have two non-binary specific ones. One that isn't used anymore, really. Um, is that from our yeah, our faves? Yeah, yeah. Then there are just other like uh, groups. There's like TPSG. There's it's a mm-hmm. there's um, Trans Guys Ireland, Irish Trans Girls, uh, Ireland's Non-Binary and Genderqueer Community. Um, Location specific ones at all? Um, TPSG is uh, run is an in person service. Mm-hmm. It's on um, on Cable Street in Dublin, out mm-hmm. of Outhouse, which is okay. where the gay switchboard sits. Um, the gay switchboard. Yeah, they're um, they're like a, a helpline for okay, um, like emergency contact. Oh, cool. Um, for LGBT people. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, if you're having like a, a crisis, yeah, that's LGBT related, you call them and they yeah. give you like the necessary pathways you need to take oh, that's to really get cool. help. Um, so there are offices there, and uh, they're on the top floor. And then it's an old Georgian building, so there's mm-hmm. like um, like five floors. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the other floors are no. There's four floors, and the there's three floors that are just um, 
like rented out spaces mm. to LGBT, LGBT specific things. Oh, nice. Um, so one of the groups there is TPSG, um, which is the Transparent Support Group. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just kind of like a walk-in service. Nice. Um, uh, organized safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll do like half an hour of chatting mm-hmm. and then they'll do like um, pick a specific subject or something mm-hmm. and then split into groups and the groups talk about the subject mm-hmm. um, and they're translated uh, stuff so that's one in service oh in-person service um, there is belong to mm-hmm. um, yeah I've heard about belong to belong to is the biggest LGBT youth service in Ireland mm-hmm. um, and it spearheaded the marriage equality yeah uh, bill yeah um and the gender recognition bill along with tenny the transgender equality network ireland yeah i've i've mostly done my reading about yeah. the bill from their website yeah. it's very comprehensive yeah it is the website is really good i've got yeah. friends that work it's a solid tenny, organization like the best in europe <laughs> like um, definitely better than a lot of places in america Although, like, yeah. I've seen some really cool student activism going on yeah. recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Tenny's bigger. More prominent. Yeah, we're kind of, again, we're, like, spearheading social change. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. We're actively trying to do that. So we're just kind of mm-hmm. trying to make our um, projects bigger and mm-hmm. better and uh, set a precedent that's, like, of a good standard for people to live by. So, I guess moving into the Gender Recognition Act, but also into like the more technical side of things, and you can answer this like as you're comfortable, but what, I guess first of all, does the Gender Recognition Act do anything with regards to medically transitioning? What are the limitations for that? Like where, how, how easy is it to access? Because um, you have a national healthcare system, so. Yeah. Okay, um, so there are two ways you can get medical transition. Mm-hmm. You can do it privately, mm-hmm. which is very expensive, mm-hmm. but a lot faster than the public healthcare system. Yeah. Because um, as you can imagine, waiting lists, yeah. they're really long. Yeah. Um, especially with the rate that trans people are coming out in Ireland now. And the ease of, the, the how, easy, how much easier it's become, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Because of the social change. Yeah. I think the biggest change that it's made is the social acceptance of mm-hmm. it, which makes it, uh, by, by effect, makes it easier to transition, mm-hmm. um, because you don't have as much, there's still stigma there, but you don't have as much stigma around transition, mm-hmm. um, but it means that you, you still need to go jump through all the hoops, and you need to yeah. go see a gender therapist, you need to, like, get referred to the gender clinic, which is, the gender clinic, that is not something that we have that is good. <laughs> like, for all the great things, the gender clinic in Ireland is really bad. Oh, no. What, what is the gender clinic? Lachlanstown, um, which is also a, a, a senior a senior hospital. Oh, seniors hospital. Nice, um, nice. So it's like That's gender exactly clinic and seniors hospital. It's exactly, exactly what you want to put just beside each other. Obviously, sound, sounds like Blackrock. Like it's just some place yeah, that you go to. Like, so like, I don't know the best way to describe Lockland Sound is like. Um, I think somebody described it to me once as like a bunch of doctors, like not knowing how to build a hill, <laughs> trying to build a hill out of shit. And they're like <laughs> taking shit from the bottom, throwing it onto the top, and just climbing up it as they go. Oh, no. Um, but they have no idea what they're doing. I, don't, I really don't think they have any idea what they're doing. It's so bad. Waiting, like the appointments get lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend a few weeks ago who got a text from Lachlanstown. Oh God! To say, don't forget your appointment, which was a month ago. Oh. They had already attended the appointment a month ago. Like, don't forget your appointment. What like, appointment? Oh no, uh, I got another thank appointment. You. I didn't no, no, no. The, it was dated a month ago, but they got the text oh a month god. later. <laughs> oh my god. So it was like, oh, it was in like January. And it was like, 
it was it was February at the time, and they were like, mm-hmm. "Don't forget, don't forget your appointment at January or whatever." <laughs> um, so like that's a, not uncommon for Lockton's town. The waiting lists are like they can be up to eighteen months. Shit. Yeah. And that's uh, just to like get in with a gender therapist. That's that's just to meet. No, that's that's just to meet the doctor there. Okay. Um, and have your initial appointment. And that doesn't even include like hormone prescriptions. Nope. Consultations um, for surgery. That's just the first consultation and. Holy shit. Um, that's when you take your bloods and everything, and you talk about um, where you want to go with medical mm-hmm. transition, mm-hmm. and you talk about what options are good for you mm-hmm. with uh, Doctor Donald O'Shea. There's uh, one doctor. Oh no, he's a consultant. He's a consultant doctor. There are other doctors, but he's just a consultant. So your first appointment, that's who you meet. Okay. Um, he's the guardian. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, um, there, there's mixed opinions about John O'Shea. Um, some people find him really intimidating. Some people find him lovely. I think it just depends on how you approach him. Yeah. Um, I haven't met him because I haven't started a medical transition yet. But um, yeah, I, I think he's, he's just different with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Like he's an old man telling you what to do with your gender. Yeah. He's not going to be great. He's yeah. an old cis man telling you what to do with your gender. So like, you yeah. know. I think I know at least one medicine student who's like part of part of QSOC, and now everyone in QSOC will automatically know who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I think one of the really cool things I've discovered here is like the medicine program is six years, mm-hmm. and so then you're a doctor. Yeah. Which is terrifying, but it also means that, like, you're getting these really, like, you know, liberal young people who have been in a community that really yeah. supports being trans and being out. Yeah. So hopefully, like, that will help change things, I guess, that you'll have kids coming in who do yeah. endocrinology or who do, like, cosmetic surgery yeah, and yeah, end yeah. up, like, going into places like Lockland Sound and making it better. Yeah, that's... I agree with you that six years is not enough time to become a doctor. Really? It's really terrifyingly short. It's, it's horribly short. I mean, technically, medical school is only four years in the U.S., but you have four years of undergrad, so you have eight years yeah. plus a residency. Yeah. So, like, six years is, is really fucking terrifying. Um, but it means it's a really fast turnover, Yeah. which means that if you go into it young, you're coming out of it young. Yeah. So you're still, like... You're still like angry at the world. <laughs> you're still angry you can, and want to change things. Can, yeah, exactly. You're not you're not jaded yet. So you jaded can, by medical school debt. So you can yeah, that's another thing. Debt is not <laughs> as big an issue here. Really? Well, yeah, we have free. We, oh, you said free, not as big an issue. Yeah, like okay. obviously, yeah, it's an issue, but it's not as big an issue. It's because your tuition is eight thousand dollars a year for international students at Trinity. Yeah. Or euros, actually, so it's yeah. maybe borderline like 9000 for dollars mm-hmm. USD. It would actually be cheaper for me to come to Trinity. Yeah, like a lot cheaper. <laughs> Even with the airfare tickets and everything, like... Yeah, we have free, free uh, public education in Ireland. Yeah. And it's like, you still have to pay for like course costs and stuff like that. Yeah. Time. Assuming you get the grant mm-hmm. um, that uh, a lot of people can get. Uh, you only end up paying like the student union fee. Yeah, exactly. So. Which you could literally earn in a summer. Yeah, exactly. Um, assuming you're working, uh, but there's not a lot of jobs in Ireland at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, not a lot of jobs, not a lot of houses. But even then, student loans exist. Yeah. Um, Two, two or three grand isn't a big loan. Yeah. No, um, it's really not. Especially if it's a student loan, you can pay it off over a very long time. Yeah. I know a kid who, um, had he gone to, uh, one particular university that he got into, he would have had to take out, like, 100k in debt. Wow. That's... Which is horrific. I know. People in Ireland couldn't even imagine that. Like, and, like... I don't know, like, for, again, it's that sort of relativism thing that we were talking mm-hmm. about with the public transport, like, the idea of paying 6,000 euros a year, or a term, for tuition, like, I would give anything to pay that little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, 
yeah, it's definitely still a barrier for some people, I think. Oh, yeah, like, it's still a huge barrier for people, um, but, like... If you can't get the grant, but, yeah. like, what I would give. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really grateful for the, for, like, free education in Ireland. It's, 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 it's really great. Yeah. I feel yeah. like there's a lot more support in Ireland for, like, a younger population in general. I mean, also because I think yeah. the population statistically is younger and weighted towards younger people on average. Yeah, well, mm, yeah, we had a baby boom. Yeah, um, with the Celtic tiger. Yeah, and so now all the babies are young adults. Um, so we kind of have to. Yeah. Um, See, we didn't have that, so they just kind of like tell it. We just like suddenly realize life is kind of shit, and they're like, yeah. too bad, live with it, live with this mess that we've made for you. It's yeah. Like, okay, baby boomers. Like, don't be the baby boom generation no, from the US, no. please. I don't think, I think we're heading in a good direction. <laughs> yeah. Honest. Like, yeah. we're doing all the social stuff. Yeah. We're not doing the money stuff. Nobody um, has any money. No, exactly. So, here's a question If you could make an immediate change, to the current state of transgender issues in Ireland, would you change? What would you change? Do you oh think? well, non-binary recognition mm -hmm. um, and better legislation for people who are sixteen or younger. More clear legislation about schools. Mm. Yeah, um, what's that like? There's like, like talks are happening, and there's like guidelines. Mm -hmm. But they're not enforced. They don't have to be enforced, mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of left up to the very young students yeah. to fight for the rights that they should be just given. Yeah. Uh, what else would I change? Um, like just legally or like socially? Just legally, well? socially, medically, anything. Um, okay. Well, obviously the stigma around being transgender. Mm -hmm. um, love to say goodbye to that. Um, the the othering mm -hmm. the mm, there's kind of a, a like a thing like I'm not transphobic my friend is trans thing developing uh, yeah that's like saying I'm not yeah. racist my best like, friend is like, black like yeah exactly oh God, why? like I'm not transphobic my my best girlfriend is a dude <laughs> like Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. No, not at all. Not at all transphobic. Never said a horrible thing in your life. God. So, like, things like that would be great if they could go away. And, like, they will go away. It's like, as the more the issue is talked about. Um, yeah. But if I could immediately change them, I would. I think we would all want to change that yeah. one immediately. The stigma. I mean, how do you think things are different from, say, a couple of years ago, like when you were younger, or when you first started coming out? Um, I only started coming out less than two years ago. Okay. Um, the talk of the transgender conversation in Ireland mm -hmm. wasn't had three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. At all. It wasn't something mm -hmm. the public talked about. It wasn't something you talked about in private, really. Mm -hmm. um, it just it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, so the change has been very quick. Um, and Do you think it's been quick in all demographics? Or like, do you think older people are still taking longer to come around? Um, the conversations are happening, but they're not... Like, I don't, they're not obviously they're not coming as around as fast as younger demographics are. Yeah, but I think um, it takes them more time. But yeah, exactly, it takes more time, and they don't have the internet in the way no, we do. No, um, and they don't have the social groups and the mm -hmm. ability to interact with trans people in real life. Mm -hmm. But it is changing like slowly, um, mm -hmm. like it's in the news and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so like they see it. Um, it's not something that's like never talked about like in some parts of the west like I said they're a lot slower with social, social change and stuff mm -hmm. um, 
so like in some part of the west it's still very like a don't ask don't tell situation mm-hmm. um or like it's kind of that doesn't exist kind mm-hmm. of thing um but i think positive change is happening i think mm-hmm. in all demographics mm-hmm. which i'm really proud of ireland to say mm-hmm. i like that um i would like to get to that point in the u.s but I think part of it is just, you know, like I said, like the U.S. is just such a large and desperate country. It's really hard to organize as a collective group. Um, And I think there's a lot of issues to consider in the U.S. um, with the racism that's really prevalent in Mm -hmm. the queer community. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think especially like white gays um, tend to sort of have this feeling of like, well, you know, we can't be racist because we're gay. It's like... That's not how that works. Yeah. Which I say as a white bisexual. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm specifically adding white gay men. Because <laughs> there's a really big problem there. Like, if you go on Grinder, the racism is horrific. Uh, um, oh, Grindr. <laughs> what, what a fascinating place. Oh, Grindr. Um, but. I'd like to say that we could get to that point. But one of the things I thought that was really cool, like coming here from the US, mm-hmm. where we're sort of, you know, both countries are having a huge debate about abortion. Mm. The narrative of like, this affects trans people too, yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah, no. There, There's no space that's been carved out for that. There's no room for that discussion at the moment. And I think in part, again, that's just because like, there's no really unified debate and people are still mm-hmm. kind of like, it's really become a fight to like protect what we already have, mm-hmm. but it just really has not, there's been no room for that kind of discussion, that kind yeah. of debate. And I think that's in part due to stigma um, yeah. of trans people. I think another part of that is that we don't have anything to protect mm-hmm. uh, around abortion. Yeah. Because it's just illegal and that's it. Yeah, so your conversation is, is much more sort of like progressing towards something instead of yeah. stopping regressing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we can kind of just like go guns blazing into the, into the argument yeah. and like make the demands that need to be made. Mm-hmm. And we don't really need to like tiptoe around protecting what we already have. So we can kind of just like say... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I just, like, that was something that was really incredible to me, is to have that kind of debate and that kind of discussion. Yeah, I think another bit of it is the media. Like, trans people make money in the media now. Like, the, that's, mm. that's, the, that's the subject that makes money in the media. So if a trans person is saying something that hasn't been said before, mm-hmm. then the media are more than likely going to latch onto it, and it'll have positive effects for mm-hmm. the movement. I like it most of the time it's worded horribly. And it's very misrepresentative, but it lets the conversation happen. Mm-hmm. At the Women's March in D.C., somebody on Twitter made a joke of like, oh, well, if you give white women a craft, we'll show up. And the thing is, somebody released like the pattern for the pink pussy hats. I was like, oh my god, can you not with this? <laughs> but that entire discussion, like, in some ways was different, but a lot of it did get kind of related to abortion and reproductive rights in the U.S. And it's kind of like, okay, first of all... Let's talk about the trans misogyny here. <laughs> and second of all, trans men just didn't make it into the discussion in some ways. No, that was something that I noticed as well. I was I was going through a lot of stuff at the time. I didn't have time to really keep up with mm-hmm. exactly what was happening. But no, I noticed trans women got like a, a tiny, tiny, a tiny and that and that was only that was only to say teeny, tiny slice of the pie. You did shit. <laughs> yeah, is basically what that was, and then. All they had the room to Yeah, say. exactly. And then, even then, they were shut down. Yeah. Um, and then trans men just didn't really, or trans mask people, rather, didn't really yeah. get to come into it at all. Yeah. Um, it, it was just really unfortunate, honestly. Yeah. Because it just felt really icky. Like, yeah, especially since the majority of trans mask people have a uterus. Yeah, and it's just like, oh man, like, why could, it's why, something what that, if you didn't? Yeah, like, it directly affects them. Yeah. And they just didn't get a chance to speak. Yeah. I don't know. I've been... Like, it's been really gratifying to see that mm. here. That room that people are given. But also, like, it's fascinating how much this... The 
the youth of this country like have a say in the government with the student union and that kind of yeah. stuff. Like, it doesn't exist. I think young people having a voice in Ireland is very new. Mm-hmm. Like, really, really new. I think the first time that we seen young people really politically active was the Gender Recognition. Wow. Not the Gender Recognition, like the Marriage Marriage. Equality Referendum. Mm-hmm. I think there was like four times more like 18-year-old, like that demographic, mm-hmm. signing up to vote. Because mm-hmm. in Ireland, you don't get automatically put on the registration. I don't know if you do in the US. No, no. not in most states, I think. Yeah. I had so, to register. Yeah. When so, I got my driver's license, so. Yeah, when, when you turn 18, you can register in Ireland. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's seen, like, so many young people signing up. And I think we've been trying to kind of keep that political uh, activation going. Mm-hmm. And I think it's done a lot for young people's voices. Because mm-hmm. that... That was, young people won that referendum. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Like hundred um, percent. If the young people didn't vote, it wouldn't have passed. Mm-hmm. And I think, it kind of, in a way, showed young people that their voice matters. Mm-hmm. Um, that they have a say in government, even if it's seems minute and they can't really push things exactly how they want them to go. They still can sway mm-hmm. things in government. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was, like maybe you came here in a really good time for young people. Uh, I think a few years ago you came, like the disenfranchisement of the government. The cynicism. Yeah, the cynicism for people who were so young would have been very like, similar to the US. Yeah, I mean I feel like young people in general especially young activists are really struggling with the sort of cynicism and the activist burnout because there's just so much mm-hmm. and you kind of start feeling like you can't do it all. Yeah. But yeah. it would be really cool to have that kind of say, because yeah. I think that's one of the, the main factors in the cynicism of the U S is like, people don't feel like they have a say in the government. Yeah. That's, that's another thing because it's so big. Yeah. And it's hard to like collaborate with all the voices that are speaking. So one thing Ireland has is like the size again. It's just means that activist burnout isn't as big an issue because we're all very easily connected. Like if yeah. an activist is burning out, they can say, "You do this for me." Yeah, they can pass the baton. Yeah, exactly. And then if they we have to like shut them yeah, exactly, the like send them on a plane. <laughs> um, oh God, the internet has helped immeasurably. The internet is like. The internet is a real driving force behind the, behind the activism in Ireland. Yeah. Without the internet, the, nothing that is happening in Ireland right now would be happening. I really don't think so. Mm-hmm. It would have been a lot more organization mm-hmm. on the ground, um, yeah. as in the civil rights movement. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of grassroots stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think, just now starting to take effect. Mm-hmm. Like all the foundation that was laid is now starting to look turn into buildings. Yeah. And I think it's it's really like seeing the progress has really like just give us a, a kick in the ass and be like, Whoa, this actually works. Like we're yeah, actually we're actually you, making a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I found that. Yeah, it's just a really nice cycle. Yeah. It's like, cause you, you make change, then you see change. And then you want to make more change. Yeah. It proves to you that the the things you're doing to make change work, and I feel like that's not happening in the U.S. fast enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so the burnout can be really quick because yeah, you don't get to see the change that you're trying to make. Yeah, I mean, I feel like even now, like people are starting to like quiet down on the I guess just social media campaigning stuff and kind of return back to the usual content, which like is good in some ways because it means that social media is once again sort of a distraction from the realities of the world, but also it's kind of bad because we can't really afford yeah, to do that. it reflects the conversations that are happening. Yeah, we can't yeah. really afford to like, ex- not even we can't really, like we can't afford to be complacent. Complacency is not good. Um, no. And yeah. I mean, I think for a lot of the people who are studying abroad right now that I know, like one of the biggest problems is that we just feel like there isn't much we can do. Because unless you can manage to get through to your senator's office or email them, Mm -hmm. like, you don't really have a way to contact them. And it's just, it feels really frustrating not to be able to, like, be there in the moment to do this kind of protesting. 
Yeah. We have um, you have senators, we have uh, we have TDs, mm-hmm. um, which kind of work like senators, and they represent a certain section of the county. Yeah. Or in your case, a state. Mm-hmm. But they, again, obviously, there's, there's less people contacting TDs than will be contacting senators. Yeah. And so, in a lot more cases, the issues that are brought to the TD will be brought to government. Mm-hmm. And so, that again just helps you feel that your voice is getting heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and often, the TDs will like pick and choose, obviously, the issues that help their political agenda mm-hmm. and to further their debate. Like people see their stories on the news or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if the TD says something in the doll, which is where our government sits. Mm-hmm. So I think that, again, is another thing that helps Irish people feel they're invested in government. There's still huge disenfranchisement, like the older people, um, not even older, like the demographic of like 40 upward, mm-hmm. um, 35, 40 upward, just like dis- completely disenfranchised. Born, government. And they came of age in some ways during the troubles, so do you think that has anything to do with it? I think the big issue is the Celtic Tiger, really, mm-hmm. and the recession that we had afterward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we had a really bad recession after the Celtic Tiger. Was that around 2008 or before that? 2008 was the, was the official time that it started. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So to clarify for people listening, the Celtic yeah. Tiger was like a boom in our economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened was we just kind of spent all of our money on everything and we, everybody was earning a lot of money and jobs were plentiful. Yeah, we were building and you know all the good stuff there, all the good there was housing stuff. in Dublin yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it was like an economic dream is what mm-hmm. was happening but it was also a bubble yeah exactly and it got too big and the banks collapsed yeah, obviously that was the fault of the US yeah, that was the fault of Wall we, we were greedy here too. Wall Street fucked over the world. Yeah, they did. Again. <laughs> um, <laughs> they haven't before. 1929. Um, yeah, so like the, the older demographic, because of that, and because they weren't listening, and because obviously when your country fucks up, you lash out at the government. Yeah. Um, and that demographic were the people that were affected because they were the demographic with kids. Yeah, and, and they, they were working. They, they were, were working. They, yeah, exactly. Um, so they were affected the most by it, and it just really made them feel that the government aren't listening to them mm-hmm. because they weren't. Mm-hmm. That recession went on for like I don't know exactly when it officially ended, mm-hmm. but we're only just now leaving um, the effects of the recession, and some people are still feeling it hard. Probably closer out to the west coast. Yeah, Kerry. Yeah, exactly. Um, and even housing in Dublin is still that's. Fucking housing crisis yeah, in that's, Dublin. Yeah, that's left over from the recession. Yeah. Because people are obviously coming to Dublin to get work. Mm-hmm. And the homelessness issue became a huge problem during the recession. Yeah. And it's just it's just growing. Mm-hmm. And even the number of like trans people who are homeless is like really I don't know what the exact numbers are, but like it, it's pretty it's pretty big. Like I was homeless because mm-hmm. I'm trans. Um, so like I know how it feels and it's like it's not good. There's no. like not very much support out there for homeless LGBT people. No. No, no specific support. There's support for homeless people, but and no there's specific support for LGBT support. people. Yeah. There's there's no there's no niche there. Yeah, and there really needs to be, I think, because you know if you're trans, especially in the U.S., like it's harder to get back on your feet just because like there are yeah. it's harder to find work, it's harder to get a house, it's harder to like do all those sorts of things. Yeah, and you're saving for your life-saving yeah. surgeries and your treatments and you're yeah. assuming that's the route you want to go. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are affected by that as well. There's just so much things, so many things to think about mm-hmm. on top of where am I sleeping tonight. Yeah. Um, and obviously when you're in that situation, where am I sleeping tonight takes priority. It has to. Like when you get the bed, you're thinking about all the other stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that is something that needs to be worked on too. Mm-hmm. Here um, and in the US as well. Yeah. But everywhere, really. Yeah, no, like the LGBT population makes up some absurd percentage of homeless youth. Yeah, like it's disgusting. It's, yeah, it's atrocious. I don't know, it's just, it's really, it's really upsetting to think about. Yeah. How many people that even I know have been 
like kicked out of their house mm-hmm. for like something fundamental about themselves that they can't change. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so much of a precedent though. Like mm. a lot of the really big people who were involved in the Stonewall riots, um, Sylvia Rivera in particular is the person I'm thinking of. Like they were street workers. They were. Yep. Like a lot of the drag queens were also sex workers. Yep. Lived and they lived on the street. They lived in shelters. Um, mm-hmm. She started a project, I think it was called Star, if I remember correctly, that was specifically for homeless trans people to like give them a place to sleep. Yeah. Um, there is nothing like that in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And it becomes difficult. That I know too, of. Because, like, you know, if you go to a women's shelter, but you're trans, do they let you in? This is the issue. I don't know, actually, about Ireland or any specific women's shelters, because I didn't, thankfully, didn't need to end up in a shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, but had I needed to end up in a shelter, I don't know what I would have done around yeah. that. Like, would I have gone to a women's shelter? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know if I would have been turned away. Um, I think we should have homeless LGBT shelters. Like, I think that would yeah, that, be like, a huge... I think there are, there are right. like... There are homeless LGBT shelters, but they're like few and far between. Few and far between, and not advertised. Yeah. As what they are, because they're they have to be safe spaces. Yeah, and that's the trouble. Yeah, um, like they need to be they need to be discreet. They need to be. Yeah. Because like if you're if you're staying in a shelter, you're out in the street during the day, mm-hmm. and being out in the street, like if you're walking into a shelter that people know is for LGBT people. And you're living on the street. You could get harassed. You could get harassed. You could get attacked by other, like, people using the shelter. Um, yeah. Obviously, people who are homeless don't get to talk about social issues. Yeah. Because um, you're too busy to figure out. Yeah, exactly. Sleep, so they don't get. They don't have the progress that the rest of the world are making, which is really sad and it's something we need to work on as well. Yeah. But there definitely needs something needs to be done mm-hmm. with uh, LGBT shelters. So on a very cheerful note to end on. It can be edited to like near the middle. It's fine. Nah. <laughs> well, I think the problem with like copy pasting and then shuffling things up mm. um, is it gets real. It starts to sound weird at the transition. Yeah, it's clunky. Yeah. Um, but we can just have a more positive ending. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, what's the best experience you've had being trans in Ireland? Um, oh, so there's a few of them, like, the first one is, like, I've got a really strange sense of humor. Uh, this one time I was walking down the street, mm-hmm. and I had my makeup on, and I was wearing a dress, mm-hmm. and I had a bra on and everything, mm-hmm. so I was passing, mm-hmm. um, and I was walking down the street, and the guy stopped and asked for a euro. Um, and I was like, sorry, man, I don't have the euro. And then he walked, he was like, okay, and then walked for a bit. And then I walked and then he must have turned around. But like, from like in the distance, I heard, wait, you're a fella. And I was like, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. <laughs> like, it's not exactly a positive experience, but I just really enjoyed that moment. <laughs> But, like, the, the time between yeah, realization. Like, <laughs> um, and it just kind of showed me, like, not that it showed me, but it was just kind of, like, like, all of these, like, with the the toilets in the U.S. and mm-hmm. uh, the debate that's happening right now, like, people saying we don't want men in our toilets with mm-hmm. our women, it was kind of like, well, they're already there. <laughs> like... <laughs> Just because you don't notice, you just don't notice them. Like, the, like, just because it we're takes there. an extra five yeah, minutes. We're there. Um, but probably the best positive, like, genuinely positive experience I've had is uh, at a Tenny event because they have several events throughout the year. And they were mm-hmm. last year, I remember it was one of the first times they went out, out presenting mm-hmm. uh, as I like to present. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were there was free wine because uh, they always have free, free wine, wine is always great like, i don't know what it is with queer events 
and free 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 alcohol in Queer Ireland. Queer spaces and alcohol, but like, like there's a big issue <laughs> yeah, there. Honestly, there's a huge issue. Like I don't know, like what it's like outside of Ireland. Obviously, there's obviously a bad alcohol issue in Ireland. Well, it's just kind of fucked up in the U.S. because it means you can't get into a lot of spaces until yeah. you're 21. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, but anyway, I was at the, I was at a, an event they have called Transfusion, mm-hmm. which was, they have this like trans festival mm-hmm. during the year where they have like a week long uh, events and workshops and uh, all this cool stuff and like a trans archive and stuff. Mm-hmm. trans history in Ireland and nice. in Europe but I remember I was at it and I was standing because my one of my best friends works for Denny mm-hmm. um, and I'm really involved with them mm-hmm. uh, doing activism and all that so I often get roped into helping out helping out set up events, events mm-hmm. and close them down and stuff so I ended up serving drinks behind the bar mm-hmm. and I just remember kind of just taking a step out of myself for a second mm-hmm. to like assess where I was and I was just like surrounded by trans people um, and we were like all in the space together and we weren't thinking about um, like were we passing or we weren't thinking about we were just kind of celebrating being trans mm-hmm. um, and I was like getting complimented on my dress and my clothes and stuff and I was like wow this is like literally the best night I've ever had. (laughs) Literally. I'm literally crying. Yeah, yeah, that was just a really beautiful moment for me. uh, uh, The best experience I've had is in the trans space. Um, Or, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that. 10 out of 10. We'll do it again. <laughs> Honestly, how I feel about promo. Yeah. <laughs> really? I mean, just because, like, that's the thing. I turned 21 shortly before I came to Ireland, so oh, I didn't really yeah. have a chance to go to right. gay clubs in the U.S. So promo is really my first gay club. Oh, okay. And that's so it's just... Enough. Yeah, like, I mean, like, there's a pub night at my school, which is kind of the same thing. It's also on Thursdays, but, mm-hmm. like... Sometimes straight boys come from the school down the way, and it's real weird. It's like, what are you doing here? (laughs) This is a gay event. This is a gay event. Like, everyone knows this gay. The fucking rugby team shows up. It's gay. These straight boys come, and they think they're going to pick somebody up, and it's like, "Mm, buddy. mm, mm." (laughs) But, like, also people just don't always show up, because, like, once the middle of the semester hits, it's... Yeah, I guess, like, finding that kind of space. Yeah. And yeah, that must people. have been really nice. It was really cool. But I can see, like, why that space would be treasured by somebody who's never experienced a space like that before. And it must have been really, really freeing. Mm-hmm. One of the things I'm most grateful about for going to a women's college is that it's so gay. So gay. <laughs> Just, like... Like, the the literary magazine did a survey of, like, which class is the gayest, but, like, each class was consistently responding slightly below 50% of, like, I am not straight. And so, honestly, like, going there has been one of the best things for, like, coming out to myself and coming out to other people because I came into this space where it, like, wasn't such a big deal and it yeah. wasn't such an effort to come out and to exist and to, like, like, I never felt like I was tokenized as, like, ah, the gay friend. Yeah. I think that's... I'm the same, because even before I came out, like, 99% of my friends were trans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never really had to do the whole I'm trans thing. Yeah. I just kind of changed my pronouns and then changed my name, and everybody was like, okay. Cool. <laughs> you want to talk about it? I'm here. Yeah. Or they were just like... Yeah. yeah. And the weather's nice today, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the sky is blue. Um. <laughs> so I think having like that, like, that, okay, who cares? Yeah. Um, but that's a very, like, different reaction from, okay, who cares from straight people. 
Yeah. Because yeah. that's not, like, ideal. Like, it's a nice, like, yeah, we're all breaking over it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a good, it's... Like, it's, really, it's a really nice feeling. It's, like, it's, it's, it's normalization of it. It's just really nice. Yeah. Yeah, within the community, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, Only within the community. Yeah, that's the like, thing. It's like when three people try, try to pretend like it's not a big deal. It's yeah. like, okay, first of all, we all know that's not true. It's <laughs> yeah. a big deal for you. Second of all, I this is a big deal for yeah, me to I just tell you. Yeah, bore my soul to you, so okay? <laughs> like, I just poured my heart out to you. Me at my parents? <laughs> <laughs> Quote, we don't care who you date as long as it's not a right one. Right-wing Republican, like, okay, mom and dad. I believe you. So far, they've been okay with it. We'll see how it goes. Okay. But, yeah. That's good so far. Probably been recording for, like, a... Oh, shit, we've been recording for a while. What time is it? One o'clock. Oh. Um, alright, so, I'm Kit. I'm Sky. And this has been a very special episode of Quilt Bag History, brought to you from Dublin, Ireland. Bye. We here at Quilt Bag History would like to thank Elise Brown for our wonderful intro and outro music, which you should be hearing right now, Kit Mitchell, our creative mastermind and entire research team, and Averil Angle, Genevieve Wong, and myself, Aubrey Simonson, as our editing team. 